Well, today I'm going to read a cup of Christmas tea, a favorite given to me by a favorite friend, Martha, in 1987. And we used the cup of Christmas tea many times in Homemakers by Choice and Modern Homemakers Home for Christmas program. The log was in the fireplace, all spiced and set to burn. At last, the yearly Christmas race was in the clubhouse turn. The cards were in the mail and all the gifts beneath the tree, and thirty days reprieve till Visa could catch me. And though sug- smug satisfaction seemed the order of the day, something still was nagging me and would not go away. A week before I got a letter from my old great aunt, it read, Of course I'll understand completely if you can't, but if you find you have some time, how wonderful if we could have a little chat and share a cup. Of Christmas tea. She had had a mild stroke that year, which crippled her left side. Though housebound now, my folks had said, it hadn't hurt her pride. They said she'd love to see you, what a nice thing it would be for you to go and maybe have a cup of Christmas tea. But boy, I didn't want to go. What a bitter pill. To see an old relation, how far she'd gone downhill. I remembered her as vigorous, as funny, and as bright. I remembered Christmas Eve's when she regaled us half the night. I didn't want to risk all that. I didn't want the pain. I didn't need to be depressed. I didn't need the strain. What about my brother? Yeah, why not him? She's his aunt, too. I thought I had it justified, but then, before I knew, the reasons not to go I so painstakingly had built were cracking wide and crumbling in an acid rain of guilt. I put on my boots, gloves, and cap, shame stinging every pore, and armed with squeegee sand and map, I went out my front door. I drove in from the suburbs to the older part of town. The pastels of the newer homes gave way to gray and brown. I'd had that disembodied feeling as the car pulled up and stopped beside the wooden house that held the Christmas cup. How I got to her door, I really couldn't tell. I watched my hand rise up and press the button on the bell. I waited, aided by my nervous rocking to and fro, and just as I was thinking I should turn around and go, I heard the rattle of the china in the hutch against the wall. The triple beat of two feet and a crutch came down the hall. The clicking of the door latch and the sliding of the bolt and a little swollen struggle popped it open with a jolt. She stood there, pale and tiny, looking fragile as an egg. I forced myself from staring at the brace that held her leg. And though her thick bifocals seemed to crack and spread her eyes, their milky and refracted depths lit up with young surprise. Come in, come in, she laughed the words she took me by the hand, and all my fears dissolved away as if by her command. We went inside, and then, before I knew how to react... Before my eyes and ears and nose was Christmas past, alive, intact. The scent of candied oranges, of cinnamon and pine, the antique wooden soldiers in their military line. My spirit fairly bolted 
like a child out of class and danced among the ornaments of calico and glass. Like magic, I was six again, deep in a Christmas spell, steeped in the million memories the boy inside me knew well. And here among old Christmas cards so lovingly displayed, a special place of honor for the ones we kids had made. And there beside her rocking chair, the center of it all, my great aunt stood and said how nice it was that I had come to call. I sat and rattled on about the weather and the flu. She listened very patiently, then smiled and said, What's new? Thoughts and words began to flow. I started making sense. I lost that phony breeziness I use when I get tense. She was still passionately interested in everything I did. She was positive and encouraging, like when I was a kid. Simple generalities still sent her into fits. She demanded the specifics, the particulars, the bits. We talked about the limitations she had to face. She spoke with utter candor and with humor and good grace. Then defying the reality of crutch and straightened knee, on wings of hospitality, she flew to brew the tea. I sat alone with feelings I hadn't felt in years. I looked around at Christmas through a thick, hot blur of tears. The candles and the holly she arranged on every shelf, the impossibly good cookies she still somehow baked herself. But these rich, tactile memories became quite pale and thin when measured by the Christmas my great-aunt kept deep within. Her body halved and nearly spent, but my great-aunt was whole. I saw a Christmas miracle, the triumph of a soul. The triple beat of two feet and a crutch came down the hall, the rattle of the china in the hutch against the wall. She poured two cups, she smiled, and then handed one to me. <clears throat> and then we settled back and had a cup of Christmas tea. I have a note in this book from one of you who said after hearing that book, you went to see a relative and had the meeting of your lifetime. Thank you so much. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it an uncommon season of touching someone who needs to see you.